0: You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Captain's Coach Podcast. I'm excited to bring you today's episode with Coach Bill Bachman. Coach Bachman is a longtime college football coach, most recently at Catholic University as an associate head coach, as well as the defensive coordinator. He is a well of wisdom when it comes to leadership and really breaking it down to the fundamental building blocks. In our conversation, we distinguish between the internal and external focus of leadership the importance of accountability within that distinction of internal and external how to be a better teammate and how to really develop a culture of growth mindset versus fixed mindset and how to ingrain that in your in your coaching coaching organization without further ado enjoy our conversation on another episode of the captain's coach podcast Coach Bachman, thanks for coming on the Captain's Coach podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing fantastic. You know, we were we were chatting a little bit before we got started about kind of the the framework that you used as a leadership means at at a, at a fundamental level. So I think the best place to start the conversation today is if you could kind of give insight in how you you view leadership and and what are the concepts you teach about leadership before you really at the individual level?
0: Yeah, I think one of the things that I believe is that, um, you know, this concept of leadership, if you, if you're trying to um, uh, build leaders among your group, whether you're in high school or college or even younger than that, you have to deconstruct the idea of what it means to be a leader because the people that you get, the student athletes or the athletes that you get in your charge, they have a preconceived notion of what it means to be a leader from popular culture. You know, the person who gets in front of the room and yells the loudest or the person who gives the fiery speech or something like that. And so I think it becomes incumbent upon the coaches or, or the people in front of the room to, for each individual in the room, to deconstruct what it means to be a leader. Uh, because the reality is that um, – you know there's a far distance between that popular culture idea of what a leader is and what leadership really means and um, from my perception we would want to encourage everybody in the room everybody on your team whether it's a basketball team with 12 players or a football team with a hundred to um, lead in their own way to uh, you know you can you can approach a player one-on-one and say I need you to be a leader and he'd say um, approach uh, a player individually and he'd say, I I need you to be a leader. And he said, well, that's not my role. I'm not a leader. Well, of course you can be a leader. You can be, and let's deconstruct what it really means to be a leader. It's not what you think it is. You know, um, if I was uh, to start as a baseline, I would tell uh, uh, all of my student athletes to be a leader. You have to do the right thing at the right time as well as you can do it. And um, that's the fundamental starting place of being a leader and that is um, leaders think when you get people and they don't really have thought about it they'll think leadership is something that's external to them leadership is something that looks outward Mm -hmm. but we would stress that to be a leader you first must look inward and you must like fix the house inside you you must like deal internally and say am i doing the right thing at the right time, as well as I can do it, and and you're like that's the first step in building a leader. And saying let's make sure that you're doing those things correctly, because only then can you project outward um, to others and 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 go from there.
1: No, I think that's a, a great place to start when it comes to leadership, and I really like the idea of the the inward perspectives, the, the internal versus the external. And there's a reason why lead by example, be it through your own example is such a, I don't want to call it a cliche, because that kind of, you know, devalues it a little bit. But there's a reason why it's stayed a maxim for so long in sports and in life in general, is because it really is the, the first step is want to be a leader. The first thing you should be doing is asking yourself, Am I doing all the right things? Like you said, am I doing all the right things, all the right times that someone can look at me and without even talking to me or me talking to them, they, <laughs> and you're not doing that first hard <laughs> to do that external leadership. So from that, from that perspective, I love, I love that framework and that model. Is there anything specific that you do as a coaching staff, or individual coach? To get that message across? Is this something you, you know, is it something that's just inherent to every conversation you have? Every small discussion, how is that message portrayed to your team? And how do you get that message across and ensure that that's being driven home, you know, from the moment from to, to when they leave?
0: Let me, let me make two points here. I want to follow up on something you said, and then I want to answer your question. And the first thing I would say following up is that um, I played organized sports all growing up through college, and then I've spent 16 years now coaching college football, uh, you know, in a long lifetime. Other things as well. but, um, we've all experienced that, that, that athlete who gets in front of the room and gives the fiery talk at the end of practice and the end of um, – Uh, you know, uh, before a game or something like that. And oftentimes it'll be the player who hasn't done the work. It'll be the player who didn't, like we all have experienced that. Like there's that guy up there and he didn't work out all summer as hard as the rest of us did, but he's giving a speech. Like the football for him is really important 10 days a year. The 10th, like he's really fired up on Saturday of the game. The other 355 days, he's not so fired up about it but he'll give a speech on Saturday or he'll give a speech at the end of practice. And the reality is the players as a whole, see through that. Um, Always, 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 always. And I would say this when I coached, I coached my first team when I was in high school in 1978 and, um, and I, you know, coached my son in little league seven or eight years ago. And I would tell the other coaches, uh, you know, I say like, the players always know better than we know. Trust me, the players know. They always know. And it, like when I was coaching college Division One football, the players knew who could play. The players knew who the leaders were. The players knew. You couldn't manufacture a leader. You can't make somebody follow somebody else. And when we were coaching nine-year-old Little League baseball players and all-stars, and I would tell the coaches, like, they know who can play. They know better than we know who can play. And they know better than we know who the leader is. They know who we know better who did the work. who's put the time in? they know. You can't fake it. We can't fake it with the players. Um, so that's the reaction to what you said. Answering your question in terms of what we do, I think a critical thing, one of the, one of my favorite books of all time is um, Mindset by Carol Dweck. and um, and one of the you know things I would always commend any coach to read. Is mindset by Carol Dweck and I don't know if you're familiar with the book, but this I like, concept of growth mindset versus a fixed mindset and Carol Dweck is a big believer in, in having a growth mindset that is People are not fixed. They they have opportunities to grow. They have opportunities to change. They can get better You know the concept there and her belief is that I can't do that yet and the key word always is yet um, and so in the educational world, they talk about growth mindset, and you, you know, um, let me step back for a second. And people with a fixed mindset are people that say, you know, I either have it or I don't. I'm gifted or I'm not. I can do that or I can't. And the growth mindset people are people that say, well, I, I don't know how to do it yet, but I could learn how to do it. And and so what you have then is people in the growth mindset category that say they make mistakes, They try, they have adversity, they keep climbing. The people fixed mindset, they avoid those conflicts. They avoid putting themselves in situations where they would fail. They avoid that. Well, here's the thing. Um, Coaches have growth mindset, fixed mindset too. And so if you wanna talk about leadership and enabling and empowering your, your players to be leaders, you have to start with the coaching staff and you have to talk to them and say, They are not, they are all malleable. They are all, they all can get better. They all can change because a player, a coach will come in. This happens all the time. It'll happen at major college football programs come August. freshmen will come on campus and a coach will come in and say, that kid can't play. He can't play. He doesn't have it. He doesn't have it. You know, and the reality is he doesn't have it yet. Um, And so he's not a leader. He's not a leader yet. He doesn't do the right thing. He doesn't do the right thing yet. And you have to, like, coach your coaches first to say, okay, he doesn't know what to do yet, but he's 18 years old. Why don't we stick with him and see what he can be when he's 20 or 22? Like, why don't we hang in there a little bit with him and and point him in the right direction? That's our job. That's our only job. So why don't we try that? And so a critical aspect of leadership in in, in empowering your your student-athletes to be leaders is, so, open the minds of your coaches and say, I can, I can evolve. Uh, the, my players can evolve. They can change. And then, and then that translates, and then I'll get in front of a group of players and I'll say, and I'll talk to them about the growth mindset. And I will say to them, nobody here is established and fixed and set. We all have an opportunity to change in every aspect of our life, not only how well I throw or catch a pass, but how I approach my work. Um, how I do the right thing at the right time as well as I can do it. Those are all things that I can change and I can get better at. And so when we talk about that, and, and I would say with the coaching staff, you would talk about growth mindset all the time, like all the time. Don't come and tell me you can't do it. The other thing, too, that you have to, um, you have, to have credibility as a coach. And so one of the things I say is your only, your only currency when you're coaching is respect your currency respect. I respect you as a a man. I respect you as a young player. That's your currency. That's that's your money. And I would tell the players, um, I believe in a growth mindset. Okay. And you give a nice speech. And then you go out and you coach the top four guys at the position and you ignore the bottom six. And the players say, you don't have any credibility. I would always tell the team that the only thing I can offer you is my respect. The only currency I can give you is my respect, and my respect is to challenge you to be the best version of yourself. Which means every single player. If I believe in the growth mindset, I have to coach the bottom player on the, the player one hundred on the roster as hard as I coach player one. I can't have a sliding scale. I can't say, "Well, they got it and they don't." So I'm going to coach the ones who've got it. That would be the that would be the fixed mindset. Right. And so your currency as a coach is your respect. And I say my respect for you is manifest in how i treat you on the field how i treat you on the field which is challenging you to become the best version of yourself same as i would challenge our all conference football player that is um and then when the players see that they say he actually believes we can all change he actually believes we can all evolve he actually believes that everybody can be get better at something in some way um and so when we start you have to start as a staff and you have to get them to buy in. Um, and then, you know, there's a million things that would add on, you know, your, your question, you just ask, you know, what would you do with your coach to kind of, we could have a two hour podcast on that question. Right? We really could. Yeah. But I would say the one thing that you would, would want to um, say is that you, you, want to build up, you know, either we, we call it a culture or an environment. I you know, heard a podcast a few weeks ago on a, big division one football coach, so we don't term, talk in terms of culture, we talk in terms of environment, the environment we establish. But whether you use the word culture and environment, um, that's up to you, but the reality is, what, what, is, your, what is your culture? Is it a no-excuse culture? Is it an accountability culture? Is a, you know, it is a, um, uh, and, and that you, you require your coaches to, um, you know, uh, establish that culture every day so that they are getting from each of their players, the top one and the bottom one, they're doing the right thing at the right time as well they can do it, you know? So that would be, um, you know, from a, from a organizational standpoint, I think one of the critical aspects in this idea of, of deconstructing leadership and empowering people to be leaders is getting a buy-in from your staff that, that everybody has value and everybody can, uh you know um we have a sliding scale on talent but god makes people different mm-hmm. you know, Like i i was what i was i was 5 200 pound linebacker division 2 linebacker and i was an average player and you got to campus and you looked up and said there was a 6 3 215 pound kid who could do everything better than you and you'd worked hard and you just god made him better at that you made him better at football than you did and so you tell the players and tell the coaches, like, we don't have any, we can't fix that. We can't make them taller or whatever. We can't fix that. That's like, that's established. But the rest of it we can touch. The rest of it we can alter. You know, God doesn't have any control of how hard they work. We control, they control that. He doesn't control their effort or their attitude. They have complete control. Like, God doesn't sit there and say, I'm going to give Johnny a better attitude than Billy. Right. Like, I might make Billy taller and faster. But he has, but his mind is his own. Yep. You know, he doesn't. God doesn't tilt the. He doesn't put his thumb on a scale on says effort or attitude. He doesn't alter that. We own that ourselves. And so, from a coaching staff and from a perspective of like establishing leadership culture, you you have to get by and get it. You control over your approach, and and so um uh, and how you do you're talking group you talk individually with each player you know there is no group there is you know um the last thing i'll say to answer your question again it's a two-hour answer but what i would say is that the the um i've always said this the job of every coach is to connect individually with every player is to find the player's button you know like that's you know there is no one size fits all for coaching. So you sit there and say, how do you how do you reach a kid in terms of uh, uh, enabling his ability to be a leader, deconstructing what his perception of leadership is? You do it any way you can. And it may be meeting with the person. It may be um, in a group setting with your positional group. It may be with the the unit, you know, it could be with the team as a whole, but all those things are consistent and throughout. And you get your takes, and whatever you do with Johnny and how to connect with him and reach him is totally different than we do with, really, totally different what you do with, you know, uh, Steve, you know with, with, with that, you know, with consistency of, of little means. There's not like one size fits all. you, you have to individually contour to find a way to connect with an individual player.
1: Oh, for sure. And that's a, it's a great point to end on there, coach. It really does come down to if you do believe in the growth mindset, then you have to reinforce that by giving your players individual attention. And like you said, finding what button buttons to push that will push them in that growth mindset perspective as well, knowing that they have the ability to change and grow. And within that conversation of the growth mindset versus the end or the fixed mindset is, you know, it comes back to that leadership aspect, you know, leadership all too often, like you said, just like anything else that coaches and, and other players can sometimes look at it and say, or in themselves and say, you know, I, I, I'm not a leader. I'm not a natural leader. That guy's not a natural leader. He doesn't, he he doesn't have the, the communication skills. Um, he doesn't have the presence around his teammates to be a leader. So we're not going to focus on developing those leadership skills or having the conversations about decision-making that we have with, you know, the freshman that comes on campus and is already comfortable talking to the entire team as a freshman. Um, leadership is a skill. And as a skill, it can be developed just like anything else. You know, you said, you know, you're not going to teach someone to be taller or, you know, to have a bigger frame. Or to be much faster, but just about everything else can be developed, can be grown, can be instilled, and you just have to find different ways of doing that. And you know, like you said, we could sit on that question and go back and forth for you know two hours, three hours long. You know, coaches are still trying to figure out the best way to implement all those ideas and how to pull the best out of their players when when it comes to skill, mindset, attitude, leadership developing a culture and environment you know that is an interesting distinction you know is the environment more so the, the coach's facilitation of fostering growth and is the culture more the the reflection of players attitudes of that environment you know you could spend 2 hours on that question as well absolutely um, but it, in terms of the the leadership aspect and, and going along with the growth mindset and coaching your coaches to reinforce that and, and and garner the respect from their players get that trust that's really what this organization is about the the coaches are reinforcing it. Are there any specific development programs uh, training meetings small groups that you do or that you have that focus on leadership development whether that's you know a special training program your captains go through or you know you have Is it leadership groups within each class or leadership groups within each position? Um, Is there anything specific you do for leadership development or training other than kind of all of those conversations you have and and the reinforcement through your actions?
0: I think um,
1: I've, I've used um, um,
0: like player committees and leadership councils and things like that where you had, class representatives from the freshmen, the sophomores, juniors, seniors, and, and that's been an effective way to allow people to kind of get out front. I think um, from a standpoint of, um, you know, a growth mindset and you, you just referenced that there are, there are people that can do everything right and um, not the so comfortable speaking out of a group. And um, first of all, you want to tell them, if you do everything right, you're leading, you're already leading, you know, the speech and the talk is extra and we'd be happy to help you do that. And I think you can do that by, you know, creating circumstances and situations where you, you invite players, you know, sometimes you throw the mantle on a player like every day and you'll throw the mantle on that player to, to, to tap into his leadership. You make him get out front. You make him. Like he's doing everything right. He's um, He is that person who puts in extra time and is doing, uh, you know, uh, doing right at the right time. and do it. But then you kind of have to foster a circumstance and situations where he is forced to be vocal and verbal about it. Um, I, you know, I worked with a guy named uh, Dave Dunn, who was the head coach at Catholic for a little bit, uh, for a long time. And I worked for him for a little bit. He's now the head coach at Christopher Columbus High School in Miami, Florida. And they won a 5A state championship this year. And Dave um, created an entire, like, curriculum out of, um, you know, the um, Tim Kite and Brian Kite and the, um, you know, Urban Meyer School of Thought about E plus R equals O, you know, and, you know, that discipline and um, and and had the – players come in, the seniors come in, you know, once a week all spring and took a chapter and assigned reading. And then they would talk about the reading of the, of the uh, above the line, which is the, you know, above line, below line, which is something that the father um, had put together and had brought and had taught at Ohio State and now teaching in a bunch of other schools. And so uh, that was really effective. That's a great book. Of course, that's great. Um, but um, getting your older players to kind of Understand what it takes to to uh, and so uh, this was something self created by Dave where he would like mimeograph chapters of the book, hand them out, and then have them read them and then we would come in once a week but that was a great idea and I saw that in on those sessions and such and and found those to be fantastic uh, and a great example of something that you can do anything could do. you could find a book you know uh one of the things that I did with my players is I tried to um you know. I've uh, distributed John Gordon's um, hard half, 21 Ways to Be a Great Teammate. Um, you know, you know, John are great. But distribute that and then work through it with the players and say you know, each chapter talks about these you know, different aspects of, of um, being a better teammate, which, which turn will uh, be a better leader. And a lot of that, you know, lessons of Gordon and a lot of lessons, of course, of, Above leadership lessons, and so you're you're uh, instilling leadership in your um, executing on your growth mindset philosophy without them knowing it, without them being you know I'm not going to class I'm not going to leadership school I'm reading a really cool book that's helping me become better human being I think when you're coaching, you know I was fortunate to coach college football for a long time. You know, we always talked about um, you're trying to um, create circumstances where you're going to help these young men become the best version of themselves, you know, in football, in life, as parents, as husbands, as um, fathers. You know, that's the goal. Otherwise, it's, pretty, it's a pretty meaningless existence if it's about winning and losing college football games, particularly if you're coaching Division Two, II, Division Three. And so when you're talking about leadership these kind of things, skills that you're, you're, you're spending your life on in this podcast and, and, uh, these things that we talk about with the growth mindset, you're talking about the really the portable the things that they take away from the program, right. the things that they actually could use, like things like if you can instill in a young man to do the right thing at the right time and, and, um, um, you know, as well as they can do it, they can take that with them. Um, from a leadership standpoint, the, the one thing that, you know, where you, where you have to, what I think you're, you're driving at, where you have to cross the line is saying, when does, when does my leadership move from being internal to external? When does my leadership skills, you know, move to where I can project to other people that, um, um, you know, and part of that, I think, from a building block standpoint, comes from developing what you would call like an accountability culture. You know, that is, I own what I do, and I'm responsible for what I do, you know, and, um, and I will hold myself accountable. And if I'm comfortable doing that, I will hold you accountable. I w- we will all hold each other accountable. And that's the next, that's, that's the external leadership. That's really what you want out of your leaders, to hold themselves accountable, and then to hold each other accountable. You can't do the second without having done the first, Um, but you want to get to a position where um, you're creating this accountability culture and saying, um, I am going to um, hold your feet to the fire and I want you to hold my feet to the fire. And my, you know, it's a biblical story where you cast the burden on somebody else, make sure you clean the second, and you're a leader, you can't hold anybody accountable unless your house is your house is in order yourself um and so you know um one of the things that you have with a team sport which i think separates you from a individual sport If you're a golfer or a swimmer you sit there and say i'm in the pool the guy in the other lane even if you're my teammate has nothing to do with what i do right okay. like, at the end of the day we're going to count up scores but if i'm a golfer it's me in the 18 holes it's me in the you know, if a swimmer, it's me in the lane. It's, you know, we can practice hard against each other. And he'll say, you got to practice hard. But at the end of the day, it's me. Everything that happens is going to be as a result of what I do. When you're in a team sport, um, people have a tendency to get sometimes can get lost. I always laughed when, you know, I don't know if you've played football, I don't you know what your background is, but people would say, we got to force a turnover. And I am saying there's no we in football. There is no we. You have to force a turnover you have a mouse in your pocket? There is no we. You have to force the turnover. We got to make a big play. No, you have to make a big play. And if all 11 guys say, I have to make a big play, then we have a we. But there is no we coming out of anybody's mouth. Like we're all like the swimmer and the golfer in the, you know, the tablet. It's us. We have to do it. So that's part of this accountability culture, which is the guy on the other side says he's doing everything he can to force a turnover and I'm going to do the same and I'm going to do the same. Now you have leadership and now you have accountability. and We're all going to hold each other. Like, what are you doing to force turn? turnover? What are you doing? Not like we, like it's some collective. It's, to me, it's, it, was, uh, it was always a sense of like when you use that terminology like that, you're kind of diffusing your responsibility. You're lessening your own ownership of it as opposed to, Pat. you know, a swimmer never said, we got to win this race. No, I have to win this race. I have to, win. like, there's no we, it's just me in the lane. And I would tell the football player, it's just you on the field, go make a play, you know? And again, coaches now more and more are, you know, what do you think Bill Belichick's do your job is about? Yes. There's no we and do your job. There's no we, it's you do it, you know? So, um, I think that's, you know, part of the leadership and the accountability culture is, is, um, Individual. He's not saying we have to do our job. He doesn't say that. He says you have to do your job. And if you do your job, you're leading.
1: Right, right, exactly. No, I it, that is it is such a a fine line, and, and people I think sometimes get a lot of that mixed up. The we versus I. Yes, we are a team. Yes, you know. I had an interesting discussion once with um actually an instructor who was talking about uh you know, resilience and blaming yourself for stuff. And and the question came up, you know, if, if you're a person in a basketball team and you miss a last second pair of free throws and you could have either won the game or sent it into overtime, you know, is it, you know, what's the proper mindset? And I made the argument that the proper mindset for you as an individual is, you know, I lost just the game because I didn't make those those shots at the end. And then, you know, it kind of led to the classic, you know, there were a million mistakes, over the over the entire extent of the game you know it wasn't just you and I said you know it isn't just me but I didn't do my job at the end of the game and it's detrimental if I diffuse my own responsibility and say you know what everybody else made mistakes too it wasn't just me that's it's it's a fine line of blaming yourself and taking accountability for your actions you know if I'm that guy who missed the free throws or let's better yet if my teammate misses those free throws and I'm sitting on the bench or I'm, you know, sitting in the in the paint and I'm watching him miss those free throws. Yeah, I'm not blaming him for the loss, but I am saying, okay, he missed those free throws. That means I didn't keep him accountable throughout this whole season and ensuring that the rest of my teammates could do their jobs in these situations. And being a leader is being able to look at that situation and say, you know what, I didn't do my job and ensuring that my teammate could do their job. And like you said, you know, Bill Belichick's mindset of do your job. If you know every single person on your team has the mindset of do your job, I'm going to do my job. You don't have to worry about them anymore. And if you can create an entire team that has a framework like that and you know for a fact the guy to your left and your right is doing their job and they're going to hold you accountable to do you, your job, you have no other option. You can't be the only guy not doing the right thing or else you're well, not. You accountable.
0: Have, and then you have 11 leaders. Right. In exactly. the Exactly. Have years in the and I'd say going to your point about the free throw, I, I think um there is um what I would say is I agree with you that um somebody who's a leader would look himself in the mirror and say, I missed those free throws. And that contributed to us losing the game. And I own that. I own that. That's not like yeah. we yeah. didn't miss the free throws. I missed yeah. them. Yeah. But I also would say, what else did I do during the game exactly. that contributed to us not getting the outcome we wanted? Um and, um, and but I would say everybody in the room who played and sat on the bench has to look themselves in the mirror. The great poem, um, uh, The Guy in the Glass, which Bill Parcells talked about when you see these NFL films, and it's basically without reciting it, it's uh, you know, it, you're responsible to the person in the mirror, like you, you, you have to own what you do, and you own your choices, and you own what you do, and so. From a leadership standpoint, a leader is person that takes responsibility for what they did. You know, recently we passed the D-Day Invasion Day, and there was a lot of stuff in the news about that. And uh, they talked about Dwight Eisenhower's draft note that he was prepared to send to Roosevelt saying, and he wrote it, he basically said, you know, we were thrown back into the ocean, we we're thrown back into the channel, and uh, i paraphrasing, of course, but we we're thrown back into the channel, and uh, our soldiers did everything right the failure of this is totally on me. I own this. This is my responsibility. And, you know. And so just like the person who misses the free throws, he's not a loser. He's not, shouldn't be castigated. Everybody should look in the mirror and say, what did you do? Yeah. Um, you know, what did you do uh, to uh, um, fix that? Or what did you do? You know, what, what do you do if you miss free throws? Go in the gym on Monday and start shooting more free throws. Like that's what you do. Um, and I think, you know, um, as we talk about, Coaching and the evolution of coaching things are so different than when I played, you know, it was like it wasn't leather helmet days But like you just you didn't um, You did things because you were told You didn't question why there was no thought process and leaders just kind of stumbled in It was the guy shouting in front of the room was the leader of the football team, you know Whoever's the loudest person was the captain of the team, you know it was just, You know and now as people have evolved in terms of how they approach group team sports, you hear, you know, Alabama talking about the process, which is focused not on outcomes, but focus on the journey. And if you go back to the heyday of the Oregon program, when Chip Kelly was there, they used to talk about win the day. It was on all the t-shirts, it was on all the signs, win the day, which is just his version of the process, which was, we're not focusing on outcomes. We just want to say, um, you own, you're responsible for today. Win today. You, John Smith, win today. Don't like that's internal. That is, you know, even now, the you know, the Kite kite, you know, we talk about your feet, like that you know, like you win that moment. And again, uh, current view of leadership is people taking ownership of, of how they and, and being accountable to their own behaviors. I and mean, we used to talk, when I was, um, after I was coaching for the first time, I was working as a lawyer in Washington, D.C. And I was coaching my, old, my oldest son, who's now 28, and I was coaching him in little league basketball. And this was, I want to say, early 90s. And we would talk to him about um, um, play, the, play the board, not, the, play, uh, not score. Play, don't play the board, play the game. Don't play the board, play the game. And we would talk about zero, zero. The score is always zero, zero. It doesn't matter. Do not look at the board. Just play. Just be in the moment and play. And, um, and, uh, and you know, 25 years later, I in the mall, I might see one of his teammates' fathers, you know, from back in like 1993. And the dad from across the mall, say, zero, zero. The score is always zero, zero. Like, I remember 25 years later. Like, and again, that was my early version of the process or win the day, which was don't focus on the outcome. You know, if you want to be a leader, part of what you're instilling is focus on process, focus on being the best version of yourself, focus on, um, you know, uh, being in the moment, you know, like with our young athletes, you know, our leaders and some conversation we have with a leader to say, you know, when you think about other performers, think about a musician, musician, you know, a musician is going to play a symphony and a musician, when he starts to play and a symphony will go on for an hour. The physician doesn't. The musician doesn't count down the sixty minutes to when it's over. The musician <laughs> never wants it to end. He just loves playing. Yeah, he's just playing every note, every chord. And he, and if it was a two-hour concert, he'd be happy. It was three-hour, like Bruce Springsteen. He'd play for four hours. You know, if he could, he'll just play. Where athletes, we have too many athletes that sit there and say, in the second quarter, what's the score right now? Oh, I wish the game was over right now. You know, we're up, we're up yeah. two touchdowns. Can the game be over? No, no, no. I to tell the players, don't look at the board. Like, again, you're talking about like instilling leadership in players, like how to be in the moment. Um, it is, you know, you want your athletes to be like the musician. You want your athletes to say, I'm out of practice. I get, you know, a musician goes to music practice and they get to play the trumpet for two hours. And they're like, house the practice? It was great. I get to play for two hours. I don't get to play trumpet at home. I get to play my violin. They love it. they to practice like, When's it going to be over? When's it going to be over? Like, again, you're, you know, when you're teaching leadership and you're selling coaches you say embrace the moment, No, you know, a, a key concept, we talk about growth mindset. The other one that I always think about is mindfulness. Yeah. It's the moment. And really that's the concept of the process or when, win the day, uh, you know, or, uh, you know, um, E plus R equals O, you know, it yeah. doesn't matter, get better. Um, maybe elite your 20 square feet. Like they're all the same, which is mindfulness, which is, staying in the moment again. So instilling leadership in your players, you're talking to them about mindfulness. You're talking about growth mindset. You're talking about, and you're, and you're, um, and as a coach, we're in, the, we're in the business of altering DNA. Yes. We're, we're in the business of altering. Like, well, I can't do that. Well then go do something else. Like if you, if you have a fixed mindset and you're not, you're not about, you know, getting people to be mindful and being in the moment, and having a growth mindset and and understand they can be better at everything. Though again, I hark back on this fifteen minutes ago. These are the only things that are portable. These are the only things that that that's what they'll take out of the program. They won't remember the wins. I don't remember the wins. Well, like some of them, I But like, but I, you know, from when I played, right. Um. But you do remember these other things,
1: right? No, 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 for sure. And there's so many, so many. uh Things that i could draw on that the exact same things you're you're saying you know we had little phrases every year at, at west point on the lacrosse team just you know little reminders that we had throughout the season and we usually had them on you know the back of our practice shorts or on our on our practice shirts you know one year it was "One uh, to know every day um you know and it was just about win the day you know whether that be at practice in the weight room you know where you want to know today and then we had better than before just you know Make the next play better than the last time you had that rep. Um, you know, did you help us or hurt us today? You know, what are you doing as a teammate? Find one little thing that you did well today. Focus on that. It's, it, like you said, it's just the process, you know, and, and and living in the moment and, you know, not waiting for for the time to run out. It reminds me of the Vince Lombardi quote. Um, you know, we didn't lose. We just ran out of time. Um, and, and it's it's understanding, like you said, living in the moment. You know, Coach Abarisi just so lucky to play under him he every year it was the constant stress of mindfulness this stressing of mindfulness and living in the moment he said look guys you only have a finite number of games you get to play in and it's predetermined it's predetermined there's a maximum amount of games you could play even if we make it to the, the conference championship and then the ncaa championship there's a finite number of moments that you get and they're only an hour long each. So what are you going to do with those? You know, you got to make them count. Don't focus on the next one, focus on this one, live in it. Live in it. Live in this week of practice, live in this this rep and take advantage of it because you're going to look back and you know, and you don't realize it but how many letters that we got posted up in the locker room about you know, guys writing back wishing they could have one more rep in Mikey Stadium in February with three feet of snow on the ground and sweat frozen to the back of their hair. But they would take it, they would take it in a heartbeat for one more rep. And, and having that mindset in your players at the time is, is something that's, it's difficult, but it's like you said, it, you're in the business of the change of DNA and that's where you got to stress.
0: Right. Well, the thing is I, and this, you, you've, you've hit on the critical aspect of this from my perspective on leadership. And that is, um, one of the great, you know, Jedi mind tricks that the, the great coaches do now when they talk about things like the process or they talk about things like the day, they basically say we don't focus on outcomes, we focus on, on we never talk about winning or losing the game. We talk about the things you just mentioned, being in the moment, having a great day, you know, going 1-0 today. But here's the Jedi mind trick, they know that the best path, that outcome, is always to avoid the outcome, yeah. to avoid thinking about the outcome. And so likewise, you're at one of the great leadership training institutes in the, the world has ever known, West Point, One of the great leadership places that's ever been created anywhere in the history of civilization, going back thousands of years, and you sit there and say, um, what, what are the things that you take from that? Do you take away the speeches about leadership every day and they get beat over the head with leadership? No. They talk to you about being in the moment. They talk to you about mindfulness. They talk to you about growth. They talk to you about accountability. And they sit there and say, it's, it's, and again, the things I'm talking about, you don't have to overtly beat somebody over the head with being a leader to make them a leader. You have to get them to embrace the moment. You have to get them to be in the moment. You have to get them to do the right thing to get, you know, and all of a sudden they did not believe without having uh, a leadership training program. Well, yeah, this entire lacrosse program is a leadership training program. The entire concept of our program is leadership training. And we do it by like you say, death by a thousand cuts. It's life by a thousand cuts by a thousand mentions of being in the moment, a thousand mentions of, of, um, having being accountable to yourself, looking in the mirror, taking ownership of your actions, you know, holding other people accountable. Like what happened you? You graduated from West Point and you were a leader. But I didn't even I wasn't a leader. You know, everybody at West Point is a class president or you know, so within that structure, you have people that have potential, but it's all it's, it's all curved at the point when you get there and it's a like how do we how do we take our our this this raw clay and, and and advance it? We do it by not you know talking about it more so than talking about it. We do it by constructing environments where we empower people to to be leaders. so we deconstruct the concept of leadership to what to its bare essentials, which is being in the moment, which is you know um you know doing all the things we've talked about here in the last you know 45 minutes
1: yeah so the, the the real trick that that all these programs and the coaches play like you said is it's you know you hear the leadership aspect you hear you know the concepts they're telling you and you kind of brush it off and then you know a year after you graduate you look back and say well these were all the experiences that really changed me um you know these the emphasis that they were putting on this i had no idea how it was changing me and that's really what it comes down to is how do you as a coach pull that off? What do you, what are you focusing on? Um, but yeah, like you said, you know, this, this is kind of what we've been talking about for the last 45 minutes. Is there any other advice that you would give to either a team captain out there or, or a coach, um, looking for other ways or, or specific ways to develop leaders in their program or, or, systematically utilize leadership in a different way, or if they're an individual player, how to better themselves as a leader.
0: The, the thing that I would say for an individual player or a captain, and I know this, this podcast goes out to captains. And I would say that, um, you know, as we, as we've discussed, I think the first thing that you do is you have to make sure you want to be a great leader. Like you, you have the mantle, you got voted captain. You are now have the title. What do I do now? Well, you have to be the hardest worker in the room. you have to be, you have to do all those things, you know, and uh, you have to do the right thing. You have to do it at the right time. You have to do as well as you can do it. I mean, that's like a baseline. There is no kind of like, well, can I be a little less? No, that has to be a hundred percent. Once you do that, then you're in the game. It's not like you're winning. It's like you, that's, that's the, the cost of getting in the game of leadership. That's the cost of playing. Um, at that point, what I would suggest is, um, do what you can to empower other people to widen your circle. Like uh, a great leader is um, um, somebody who it um, uh, doesn't need the doesn't need um, the focus on him. But how can you get people that don't have the title to take on the mantle? Like how do you hold other people accountable? How do you bring other people along? How many people can you get to do what you do? Assuming that you're doing everything correctly, how many people can you get to likewise be, um, um, uh, you, you know, uh, the person who's doing everything right at the right time? You know, that to me is like widen your circle. Your your team can't be successful with two captains. You, you can't win. Yeah, with two yeah cap- you can't. You, you, you can't, can't win, win with two leaders. Team. Two yeah. guys have the yeah. title, but you're essentially the arm of like. Your job is to say. I am, I have the title, but I need, we have 20 seniors. I need, I need 20 captains. I need 20 guys. Um, Heard a great story. um, uh, I was reading about, uh, listening to to a podcast about a guy named Daniel Kahneman, who um, was a a Israeli, uh, you know, psychologist who won a Nobel Prize in economist along with his friend Amos Tversky. And uh, one of the things that he, he taught a seminar, I think he was at Stanford, or, you know, he, I think he's still at Hebrew in, in Israel at the university. And um, he was teaching a seminar and um, very competitive among the students. And he said to one of the students, you know, I don't, when I ask a question or when somebody makes a, you know, an answer, uh, you don't show me how smart you are by showing me how dumb they are. Show me how smart you are by showing me how smart they are. Then I'll know how smart you are. Like, don't show me how smart you are by showing me how much smarter you are than them. Right. Tell me something good about what they did. Help them and enable them. And then, then I will recognize how brilliant you are. And I I say that to the captain, like, be a leader, not by being out front of the room and taking up all the oxygen in the room, but sharing the oxygen in, you know, um, think of leadership as a form of uh, you know, um, you know, the, the comedians do, they riff and they go back and forth, you know, um, you, you want to build on uh, the other people in the room. You want to like, you know, um, uh, give other opportunities to people, right. teach, you know, I'm doing X, do X with me. Right. And then, uh, you know, on the Friday night, Thursday night for the game, you know, I, you know let Tommy talk. Yeah. You know, well, see the floor, see, see the room, you know, like that's what I would tell the captains is you, you know, you, once you get your house in order, then you can project externally. And then I would, then I would say the critical thing to me, and I've never, you know, I've never seen a successful team with two or three or four leaders. I've just never seen one. I see teams that are successful that have leaders in every class yeah. that have leaders across the board. And so your job as a captain is say, how do I broaden my circle? How do I, how do I enlarge the, 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 the group of leaders, the people who have ownership of the, of the season, of this team, of this group of young men or young women, you know, uh, we talk about guys, but it's no, that,
1: that would yes. be no
0: different if you were coaching women or you're you a woman. Right, um, right.
1: Yeah, no, I love that. And it's, it's a great piece of advice. And, and you know, it, the only two things I'll, I'll piggyback off there um you know one is you know on thursday night you know the week before the game you know let let another guy give the speech um you know how how do you feel comfortable with that as a leader it's you go out of your way to have these conversations on an individual level and then you know you really like something that tommy said to you on wednesday about that week of practice or you know you guys were reflecting back the last 3 years you were playing together or something about the last time you played this team you know, Thursday comes around Friday night before the game. Hey, you know, guys, you know, we usually have, you know, a big team talk, but you know, Tommy brought up some things to me this week and I think you all need to hear what he has to say. And you know, that is one way amongst, uh, you know, myriad others. That is how you bring other leaders into the room. You know, you give them a voice, you give them opportunities. And the only other thing I'll say, you know, we've said it a couple times, you don't always have to be the person at the front of the room there's a great book out there. Uh, you know, I had the author Sam Walker on the, on the podcast a few months back. It's called the captain class. And he dissected the 18, I think it was 18 greatest dynasties across all sports the last hundred years. The only thing they had in common was a transformational captain or a leader on the team. And then he dissected the characteristics of all those 18 individuals or the, you know, the 18 group of individuals. Um, and the vast majority of them were not the rah-rah speech givers. They were they were people like Tim Duncan. You know that guy probably never gave a, a, an inspiring speech to his team in his entire life. You know he's an awkward, uncomfortable guy. If you ever listen to him in interviews, but what he did extremely well is if you go to every timeout or break and play during his Spurs game, he's whispering to one or two guys. He he's he's silently motioning. He's he's talking. He's constantly communicating, but he was one of the best nonverbal communicators that, that Sam had said he had ever witnessed or come across or heard people talk about, you know, covering a hundred years of the greatest sports teams of all time. And, and knowing that the greatest leaders and the greatest captains in sports were more often than not, not the big rah-rah speech givers. Like that should just be an indication that, you know, if you're someone out there and you're looking to develop leadership skills, it's not... You know, the first thing you, shouldn't, you should be going to is not necessarily, how do I give a great speech? You know, that is a, a one piece of it, but it's all those other things that you said for sure.
0: Um, well, yeah, you're circling back to what we started, which is um, the perception for young people. You know, in right. high school, you're in ninth graders, 10th graders, or even college, you know, freshmen, sophomores, because sometimes in high school, even the loudest guy in the room becomes the captain of the team the most popular kid in the room becomes, or the best player. They're not necessarily the best leader always. Um, it's deconstructing what the idea of being a leader means. And, you know, your Tim Duncan example is a, is a great one. And that is um, uh, deconstructing the idea and then and building it back up again. The same thing you would do with an athlete during preseason camp. You know, we we, build, we break them down, then we build them up. You know, like leadership, let's break it down. And yeah, when we look out. at then we essential it to its elements. And it's like, it's, it's mindfulness. It's being in the moment. Like we could teach an entire class on leadership and never talk about the, never mention the word. Right, right. You could coach an entire season at West point and lacrosse and never mention the word leader and have developed, a, you know, a host of leaders. And, and to echo your point about, you know, sharing the room, something I said, which is broadening your circle and who leads the team. The idea that, um, you know, one of the things that that most great leaders have, and I, and I uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to look reading the book you just mentioned, um, is that it's the it's the absence of ego. And, you know, uh, great leaders generally have an absence of ego, and so the only thing that prevents somebody from sharing the floor or sharing the spotlight or sharing center stage and and opening up to other other members of the team to to take on a leadership mantle is ego. You know, the thought that Sam, who's not a captain, wouldn't have something as valuable. Now, he's doing everything right. He works his ass off. He's a good player. He you know, does everything right. He does it on time. And that you have some incumbency on like, wisdom to tell the team. That's just ego. And so you know, you're talking to captains and say, remove the ego out of this. Remove the ego from the equation. You know, and you're going to find it very easy to open your circle and have other people come in and be part of your team, the, the leadership team. That is, you you have a team of, of, of whatever sport you're in, whether it's girls basketball or or uh, boys lacrosse or football. But then you have this, you know, my 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 team of people that are that have wisdom, and um, and it doesn't have to be me. Like I, I, you know, I, I you know, I I got picked the lead captain. You know, there, there was a captain's vote, and I got 26 votes, and he got 25, so I got to be the captain. Doesn't make yeah. me smarter than him. Doesn't mean like I got the title, but. Like, but a lot of people think he does, he's yeah. great and he has wisdom. And so you remove the ego from the equation and it becomes easy for captains to say, um, we need everybody. We need everybody to, to get where we want to go. And so that's what right. I would I would tell the captains.
1: I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, coach do I want to take up too much more, more of your, your morning here. Um, but I got to ask you this, the question that I, I ask every guest, it's my favorite question. Cause it's, Always a little bit different of an answer that I get. Um, you know, I have kind of a feeling of where your answer is going to go, but what is your definition of leadership if you had to put it in, you know, one sentence?
0: I would say uh, people that, um, you know, we, we've talked about this already do the right thing, do it when they're supposed to, um, as well as they can, hold, holding themselves accountable, and then being in a position to hold the people around them uh, accountable. To the same level, to the same standard, and that can be done verbally, or it can be done as you suggest, Tim Duncan, with a quiet whisper and five words. But that's a leader, um, somebody who's who uh, does all those things, prepared to hold himself accountable, and and then prepared to hold the people around him to the same standard and hold them accountable as well.
1: I love it. That's great. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, obviously, if you've been listening through this whole this whole episode. Um, you know, you, you know, that accountability is, is a huge piece of what we've been talking about, both internal and external accountability, um, a, a theme throughout. So appreciate your thoughts there, coach. And, and then my last one is just, you know, we've mentioned a few books, uh, so far on, on the podcast mindset by Carol Dweck, uh, Daniel Kahneman has some great ones out there. Um, the kites, their books, are, are there any other books that you often recommend to players or, or other coaches?
0: Well, um, the one I would add is um, I, would, I would recommend to players and coaches this, uh, you know, everything from John Gordon is good. The Hard Hat, which is 21 Ways to Be a Great Teammate, which is about a player at Cornell and part of the lacrosse program is is a great one. The other one that I think is should be, you know, if I was in, in a teacher education, coaching education program at any college in America, I would require everybody to read Season of Life by Jeffrey Marks. Which is a story of a guy named uh Joe Ehrman. and is really a season at Gilman High School in early two thousand and Joe Ehrman is a remarkable person and for a variety of reasons, I've never met him, and I'm not like I don't have any deal with marx the Pulitzer prize winning book about um um a coaching approach loving players and, and empowering players um short book very interesting. read it in two days mm-hmm. uh, but um that that's a great book, and i would um, uh, say that along with, as I said, uh, uh, Carol Dweck mindset would be one that I would, I would want every, every teacher and coach again, should be required reading that, that, uh, they, they, you know, uh, read the house.
1: I love it. Well, thanks. Thanks for coming on the show again, coach. It's been a real pleasure, a lot of fun chatting with you. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, there's again, you know, so many thoughts, so many actions, that anyone listening to this is going to be able to take tomorrow, next week, next season—you know, over the course of a lifetime—away from sports. So, I know I definitely appreciate it, and and all the listeners out there, I'm sure appreciated the the wisdom and the knowledge that came out of our conversation today. So, just uh, thank you, thank you again. It's been a real, real, uh, real blast having this one.
0: Thank you very much. It's uh, been my pleasure. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast with Luke Poulos. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.